Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go, a podcast about the life cycles of stuff. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And today I'm going to talk about K-cups. Where do K-cups go? I know. (laughs) Sarah used to work for an affiliate that worked with Keurig. The, all opinions that I state are my own, not Sarah's. Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll state my opinions. <laughs> no worries. Awesome. Uh, so coffee pods, single cup coffee makers have become wildly popular. They were originally invented, it's my understanding, the intention was so that people at an office or in a home, I guess, could, but it started with office only, could have different flavors of coffee or one person could have decaf and one could have caffeinated or whatever. And, you know, people would get along a little better around the coffee pot. And since their inception, I think they were technically invented in 1991. They didn't become really popular until later than that. But approximately one in three households in the United States and a huge number of workplaces have a single cup coffee maker. Mm-hmm. And Keurig is probably the most recognizable right now. And where do K-cups go? The bulk of them end up in landfills full stop. It's estimated that around 55 million are thrown away per day. Some, yep. some of the difficulties that pods are, there are a lot of K-cups and I'll go into the wither twos and Y fours, but there are a lot of K-cups that are not recyclable. But then some of the difficulty is there are recyclable coffee pods, including there are K-cup ones that are recyclable, and then there are different brands that have recyclable components. It's difficult to get people to actually recycle them because the automatic, if you don't have infrastructure right there in your office building to put a pod in, you're just going to put it in the infrastructure that exists, which is a wastebasket. And same with your house. You, it's. I'll go into how you actually recycle the recyclable ones, but it's not just a matter of throwing it into a recycle bin. So there are Keurig products that are technically recyclable. The K-Mug, K-Carafe, and View Pods, as well as pods for two types of K-Cups, are recyclable. But that means that people would actually have to buy and use them and then actually recycle them. So that's very specific. They are all made from number five plastic, which is the only K-cup plastic that is recyclable. The grounds, the filter, and the lid must all be thrown out. So you actually have to disassemble the pod before you can recycle the cup component. And there are actually specialized tools people sell. I think it's like a two for $14 deal on particular tools that you can use to help disassemble the K-cups. And those tools don't even work on all pods available because there are different pod sizes and different pod types for different single cup coffee maker products. So it's very scattered in terms of what you can do with the things and what you have to do. Sounds like a pain in the butthole and nobody's going to do it. Bingo. (laughs) Most K-cups are actually made from number seven plastic, which is technically sort of recyclable because I think technically everything is sort of recyclable, (laughs) but there's not much market for recycling number seven or recycled number seven plastic. So there's not much recycling available for number seven plastic. Also, number seven is apparently kind of a catch-all plastic category. It's just any plastic that's not number one through number six. Oh. And so that alone probably alters the recycling process in terms of what the recycled 
plastic is like, what it's usable for. And again, only the plastic is recyclable. So if you live in an area that recycles number seven plastic, which most of us don't, you still have to disassemble the pod. You have to get rid of the grounds, the lid, and the paper filter. Uh, Keurig set a goal to have all K-cups recyclable by 2020. Mm-hmm. They did. I remember this. Uh, we will see. We have a month and a half, two months? Two and a half. No, two months. What day is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Halloween. It is. It's exciting. Although this will be released after Halloween. We're sitting next to a beautiful giant spider that, is it Maybell or Mabel? Maybell. Maybell, the beautiful spider who is a decoration in Sarah's house that we will share with you all. And she's about to go out on my front porch, which is covered in fake spiderweb and probably some real spiderweb. <laughs> I think the spiders have moved in. Oh, yeah, that's a great place to live. Yeah, it's a, col- it's a, it's a, um, now it's like a condo complex for spiders. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's Keurig's deal. Uh, a lot of it's not recyclable and the stuff that is is difficult to recycle now they do have a program that they've instituted that allows you you to collect the k-cups and mail them to keurig and then what ends up happening to them is they are used in a waste to energy system similar to what crayola markers oh cool okay used as uh, so that's something. Again, adoption is small scale. Like I really only saw it mentioned in one place as a program. So it's I, it, it may very well be quite new. They may be considering that recycling. I mean, it k- kind of is, but it's not. Eh. Eh. <laughs> Next, we'll uh, talk about Nespresso. My cousin actually asked me to talk about Nespresso pods and whether they actually recycle them because she uses an Nespresso system. I'm not going to say which cousin. I have 18. <laughs> and so you can just guess. Cousins of mine. You might be right. Uh, Nespresso pods are made out of aluminum and they can be recycled a few different ways. They can be mailed back to Nespresso. They will send you a collection bag and then you just mail them everything back. Really? Or you can drop them off at Nespresso drop-off centers. I was reading on the website that there's like over 100,000 drop-off centers. And then also like certified dealers of Nespresso products. So they're trying to make the recycling accessible. And aluminum is a very recyclable metal. It's returned to the... So what they said on their website, and I also tried to verify through other people talking about it, whether they are liar liar pants on fire or not and it seems like they're not so (laughs) it seems like they're actually doing what they're doing wow uh so aluminum the aluminum is melted down and returned to the aluminum metal life cycle and the coffee grounds are composted or used to create energy that's probably another waste to energy pyrolysis type cycle Mm. Uh, per their website so this is a quote how are nespresso capsules recycled Through the dedicated Nespresso seam, used capsules are sent to our recycling facility. They are shredded to separate the coffee grounds from the aluminum capsule. The coffee grounds are transformed into green energy or nutrient-rich compost. The empty capsules are heated to melt off plastic coating and other materials. Doesn't mention where that goes. Maybe it's just turned into char. Once the only pure aluminum remains, this is melted and recycled. Now, to 
sort of addendums to this nice recycling fairy tale. <laughs> the cups are not usually made of recycled aluminum, so it's not a closed cycle. And right. that's not something that you necessarily have to get up in arms about, but it's worth noting that uh, their statement is that recycled aluminum is often not to the grade that they require for their cups. And so it's not likely to be usable in their cups. It's used for other things. But aluminum is used in a lot of things. Uh, on their website, they have a little thing about a pod becoming a bicycle. And that's not an entirely specious comparison. Uh, you know, there are aluminum components to bicycles and they may be recycled. Mm-hmm. Also, and this is from a the uh, website that actually like contacted them and was like, hey, are you guys actually doing what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> the upt- This is a quote from Nespresso. The uptake of our recycling initiatives has been limited to date due to lack of accessibility at a national level to recycling collection points. And this was in Australia. So you have to think about sort of there's a, the U.S. accessibility versus other countries and different supply chain management and also population density. Like Australia's population is around, I want to say, 35 million. People. Yeah. And ditto Canada. And then their land masses are fairly substantial. But then say, think about England. Their population is around 60 million and their land mass is 125th of the United States. Right. So it may be easier to get from point A to point B or at least get your Nespresso cups from point A to point B. Australia is that most of the population is on the edges. Like it's all desert on the inside from my understanding of Australia. Well, and similar to Canada, there's a lot more population density along the border than there is in uh, northern, more northern reaches just because it's more difficult to live there. And they're huddled at the border for warmth. Yeah, over the dumpster <laughs> fire that is the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Did Darren tell you that one? No, I've heard it before. Oh, okay. I, I, our Canadian friend told me that joke. <laughs> so that's Nespresso. They are doing something about it, especially if you do something about it. And it's less, I think it's less effort than tearing apart a K-cup. Like you don't have to tear apart your Nespresso pod. Yeah. You just have to put it in a bag and try to remember to mail it before it starts growing mold. Because <laughs> actually uh, coffee is I'll, I'll talk about coffee being really good food for microorganisms. Yes, it is. Uh, so Starbucks Verissimo pods, don't know if I'm recycling, or pronouncing that correctly. Don't know if I'm recycling that word correctly because <laughs> most Starbucks terms are recycled words. <laughs> As are the Tassimo T-Disc pods. They're both number five plastic. They require disassembly and disposal of the non-number five plastic parts. Nescafe pods are number five plastic. They require disassembly and disposal of the non-number five plastic parts. There are reusable, uh, sort of, they're like little metal filter baskets that Mm. you would have in a coffee pot. Right. And you can put some coffee grounds in and make your coffee. Uh, You can give them a shot, but make sure they fit your pod coffee maker first, because at one point Keurig made sure that reusable filters didn't fit into newer machines. And then people were unhappy about that. So they walked back on that. And there's also been like locking out of non-Keurig certified pods and stuff. So make sure that what you're putting in your maker will fit before you spend a bunch of money. Uh, You can also get a single serving drip maker. So that's an option. Mm -hmm. Or you could just make a pot of coffee. Yeah. (laughs) 
the Keurig inventor, one of them, actually feels kind of crummy about his product because of the waste it produces. He doesn't own one as of right now, although I think he may have passed away recently. And he sold his stake in the company in 1997, but he's mm. not super pleased that the uh, at the amount of waste that's produced. Like I said, 55 million a day, approximately. And when I was working uh, for the merchandising company that was that was one of their customers, I remember that they talked a lot about how they were they knew about the waste problem and they really were wanting to do bioplastics, but as of yet, you can't get bioplastic that hot. Uh, otherwise, it'll just melt. That was my understanding of it back, you know, I think this probably eight, 10 years ago when I had that job. Um, so when I worked for them, I got a free Keurig maker and it became readily obvious that I was throwing away a lot of plastic when we use the K-cups. So I got one of those reusable things. But yeah, they knew about it at the time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. You can do K-cup crafts. If Yay! You, if you search K-cup crafts on Pinterest, you have to put K-cup in quotes because it will autocorrect you just to cup. And then you'll get a bunch of paper cup crafts. <laughs> uh, but it mostly seems to be painting the K-cups and then putting little faces on them. <laughs> so if that's uh, if that's how you want to spend your time, you can. By all means, do. Yeah. I'm, I'm more laughing because usually with Pinterest, you'll find like a big long list of things you can do with something. And with K-cups, it pretty much seems to just be like, oh, you can start seeds in them or paint them. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. Oh, starting seeds is actually a cute idea. Mm -hmm. Or grow a little wheatgrass in them or something. Yeah. I mean, they're so little, though. Mm -hmm. Like, you would have to transplant the seed pretty quickly. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, use the reusable ones or recyclable ones. Yep. And not have to worry about it. We also <laughs> are not sponsored by any of these companies, no. just to be clear. <laughs> but I do want to say, Nespresso, if you're interested. Hey, yeah. <laughs> we'll take money. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk a little tiny bit about coffee and microorganisms and biological oxygen demand. Yay! Because this is for all coffee, but with these tiny pods being thrown away, there's a lot of coffee grounds that are potentially becoming part of systems that they weren't, that weren't expected, I guess, or there's an increase. So it's just worth thinking about. Coffee grounds create a very high BOD or biological oxygen demand. That means that they are excellent food for microorganisms and the microorganisms then eat the food, reproduce, need more oxygen and it can it can lead to a lot of problematic issues, including like algal blooms and uh, depletion of oxygen in waterways, which can then lead to like massive fish kills. So it's actually something that is in waste management and including waste water and and then also just like garbage. You you have to be sort of careful about how you dispose of it and you often they because coffee has a higher demand biological oxygen demand than other similarly sized particulate matter i know for septic systems you have to size them larger for coffee shops mm -hmm. or for gas stations that have a coffee making component and not like necessarily oh. just the the you know one coffee maker with the weird cappuccino and the <laughs> 
<laughs> regular in the decaf, but it's something like a Sheets or similar. Like, a, I think Wawa also makes sort of espresso-y based, loosely espresso-based beverages. And so it's the type of thing where there are ways to manage coffee grounds that are optimal, and then there are ways to manage them that are like the absolute worst, meaning like washing them into waterways. And then there's in-betweens, like throwing them away. It's an issue for all coffee, but it's just kind of worth noting. The li- I, We could do a whole episode on sort of the life cycle of waste coffee, but not today. <laughs> so that's where K-cups go and coffee pods in general. If you send them to be recycled, they will likely be recycled. If you don't, they won't. All right. That's <laughs> awesome. I really... I'm a fan of using coffee as compost. Um, when Sean and I were roasting our own coffee and we um, were drinking a lot more coffee because I had to stop drinking de- uh, caffeinated coffee a while ago just because I was having uh, issues with it. But I noticed that the coffee makes excellent compost. Mm-hmm. It's really nice compost. So, yeah, that's good. It will definitely make your hydrangeas more blue. This is true. (laughs) So if you got hydrangeas, throw them out. If you have really acidic soil and you're trying to amend it to be more basic, maybe coffee is not for you Mm -hmm. because coffee is pretty acidic. But, you know, otherwise. So I'm going to talk about porta potty waste. (laughs) Yay. Yay. I was telling Sarah our episode is going to be like a brew and poo. Brew and poo. (laughs) So if... You're familiar, porta potties, porta johns, um, portable toilets. It just depends on where you're from and what you call them. I'm going to say porta potties because that's what I grew up with. Porta potties are those little plastic restrooms that basically contain a toilet seat over a plastic bin that holds gallons of poop and water with blue sanitizer in it. If you're not familiar, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but you know, just in case, when you use a porta potty, potty like I said you're basically sitting on a seat on top of a plastic basically it's a plastic bin full of poop the blue stuff in the bottom of the porta potty is a deodorizer mixed with enzymes to help break down the waste so it's a mix of water and the blue deodorizer um, and it's got enzymes in it so it'll break down that waste and it doesn't stink as bad when you go in there and according to honeybucket.com (laughs) <laughs> the blue deodorizer used to contain formaldehyde. Oh, wow. Yeah. But that was largely phased out and is still being phased out for the greener approach of enzymes to help waste decompose. So you're not sitting in a plastic bin full of poop and formaldehyde. <laughs> 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 a standard porta potty holds about 60 gallons of waste. However, larger porta potties that, that hold 250 or more gallons of waste can be ordered from depending upon the place that you rent from. According to gottogo.com, I love all these places, a 250 gallon porta potty can accommodate the waste of a 10 person work crew uh, for a 40 hour work week. That's a lot of poop. That's a lot of human leavings <laughs> human leavings you can even get them to accommodate people with babies and get porta potties with baby changing stations and some places even rent porta potties that are luxury porta potty trailers as i believe you had at your wedding which yes, was very nice that was our largest wedding expense and it was worth every penny it certainly was they were very very cool mm-hmm. i was just i was 
in awe of the porta potties. <laughs> so emptying a porta potty is not the same as flushing a toilet. This whole time I kind of thought that they dug a hole in the crown, but no, you're just actually sitting in a, on a plastic bin of poop. Depending on the company you rent the porta potty from, the company will send a large tanker truck with a vacuum hose to suck out all the waste and whatever else might be hiding in the potties about once a week. Though you can pay for more just in case y'all ate a lot of tacos or I don't know. The workers will clean the potty, sanitize them, add more toilet paper because as a YouTube video I watched of two workers cleaning porta potty said, and there are a lot of videos of porta potty cleaning on YouTube. If you don't <laughs> refill the toilet paper and they run out, people start using interesting things and that clogs up the suction hose of the vacuum truck. What do people use? Newspaper, clothing. Uh, oh. <laughs> they find a lot of bottles in there. I don't know. <laughs> there's just, I'm sure there's a garbage can. Yes. There is. But as we discussed in K-Cups, if it's not convenient, it's not going to be used. (laughs) The waste truck, when it's done at the end of the day, depending on the state it's in, so it's got to go by the waste facilities, laws and regulations, according to where you live, will take the waste to be emptied at the waste treatment site. And usually there's a big hole in the ground where they just put it all in. So a large capacity septic tank truck can hold 5,500 U.S. gallons of waste. However, trucks can vary depending on the, upon the company that you're buying them from or renting them from or whatever. With small tank trucks holding 300 gallons, but most of them hold between 2,500 to 5,000 gallons from what I could find. I was perusing in case I wanted to buy a septic tank truck. They're expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's an investment uh, yeah. from... What I hear from the septic contractors I worked with and when they would get a new truck or a new paint job on their truck, it was a big deal. I can see why they're expensive. Mm-hmm. So I used, I watched a Vice YouTube episode about Rent-A-Throne. So it was basically a Vice journalist. He goes to work for Rent-A-Throne for, for a day. Rent-A-Throne is a porta-potty rental agency. And, they ta- and the porta-potty workers that sanitize and empty them said that they're extremely abused. Workers come across all kinds of junk, not just poop. Graffiti and litter are very common, so they got to wash those off. But workers in various videos, again, there are various videos about porta potty cleaning, said they've come across cell phones, other expensive electronics, clothing, jewelry, dead animals, and more. There was even a case of a peeping Tom that left a camera in a hole in the porta potties that were found in Candy Cane Park in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Oh, God. Yeah. He was found and charged, so he's in jail now. Good. Yeah. So I, when I was watching these videos, I was surprised to see that the workers don't really wear protective gear. Not much. I mean, gloves, maybe. They wear gloves and boots, but that was about mm-hmm. it. It was like, and a lot of these guys were talking about how they've had poop on various places on their body and even in their mouth. I'm like, that's really disgusting. You yeah. don't wear a mask or anything. But all of them said that they love the job. Some of it is also uh, the mobility that you need to actually do the work mm-hmm. would potentially be hindered. I don't know. It, it, that may be the case by certain protective equipment. I've That's actually very had true. poop flung on me. Yeah. Not intentionally when, when working as a, a, you know, an environmental health specialist. And I think the, the 
first contractor that did it was, I think, waiting for me to cuss him out. But it was a truly honest mistake. (laughs) So I couldn't be too mad about it. So a lot of these workers, like I said, talk about how much they loved the work that they did. And I don't know if that's because they were on video, but I kind of doubt it. They all seem to be proud of the job that they do, which is very cool. It's a very needed job. And I think maybe that has to do with it's a very needed job. They're doing a necessary thing. Critically important. Yeah. It, and it's not, it's something that we all overlook. Like you talk about being a doctor or a lawyer, you don't think about the guy sucking out the sewage in the porta potties or the septic system so i found that interesting so if you need a porta potty for your next event after we talked about poop in a bucket (laughs) just look online there are numerous companies out there from what i could find there are hundreds probably thousands out there that do this work i'm there's even an online calculator if you want to figure out how many porta potties you need for your next event and if you really want to watch porta potty videos there's a porta potty youtube channel and all it seems to be is reviews of various porta potties a lot of them are from a year ago so you can look at the reviews of various porta potties in the country wow no. That's really specific, but probably really helpful. <laughs> I, I, it was interesting that there were so many porta potty YouTube videos. I was just of, and especially of cleaning. It was really pretty gross, but fascinating at the same time. Yeah, I, I do know that when I work, part of why I, I suggested to Sarah we start this podcast was because people were really interested in what I did and I didn't do the actual say suctioning or anything like that but I I worked and I didn't have to be there when porta potties were emptied or, or even septic tanks but I worked very closely with septic contractors who did all that work and it was people were very interested in what was happening because it's something that you don't necessarily come across until you absolutely have to have it happen or you're, say, a septic contractor, or you manage a porta potty company, or you manage an event company that rents porta potties a lot. So people are genuinely interested in what goes on, just because it's sort of like close to what you know happens, because everybody uses toilets. Not everybody, but a lot of people use toilets, and it's not a bad idea to use them. no (laughs) and so you know it's like this is familiar this is taking place around me I'm kind of curious about it Mm -hmm. so it's not illogical and also some people are just gross and we're actually you know I think people are curious and it's Mm -hmm. good to be curious and when we talked about the K-cups and the convenience and trash cans not being available, since we know this is a problem, maybe instead of t- saying people are stupid and lazy, why don't we just put trash cans or recycle bins nearby? It's like one of those things, once we learn, we can do it differently. I don't know. Yeah. And I've seen some trash compartments in porta potties but they're usually very small they're usually for uh, you know feminine hygiene products and mm-hmm. maybe diapers i've 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 <laughs> encountered quite a few portable toilets <laughs> <laughs> and by the way don't tip porta potties and no. if you if you absolutely have to don't tip them so that uh, they go on their front uh, towards the door because that makes everyone's job worse because all the sewage goes out the door and onto the ground, and that's disgusting. 
<laughs> Please don't do that. I par- apparently, um, when they find tipped over porta potties, they feel happy when they actually tip on their back and not oh. on their front, so that they don't have like basically an environmental sewage to clean yeah, up. Spill. Yeah. Ugh. I wonder what the rules are on that. Yeah, I don't know. We never encountered it, but nobody ever like called us about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to you'd have to call with a complaint or something. When really, just I guess cleaning it up would probably take care of most of the problem. But what a pain! Apparently, there is a secret nightclub, and I didn't watch this video. That the door to the nightclub it looks like just a regular porta potty, just kind of hanging out, and it goes down into a nightclub. That's really cool and terrifying. (laughs) It just goes against everything that I've taught our listeners. Don't put your body and your head into (laughs) a septic tank. Don't put it in a porta potty receptacle. Don't do it. Don't do that. I guess the nightclub is an okay exception. (laughs) So uh, you can learn more about us and sewage and coffee, actually, on our website, whereitisitpodcast.com. We're on various social media. Feel free to email us with uh, topic ideas if you have any. Uh, where it is at podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs>